glad to have you back to the Boitrous Ponderings podcast, where we pause, ponder, and project. Once again, Jim will challenge you, and you will be better for it. episode, Jim introduces us to his twin. In fact, this person is really a twin to all of us. There are times when fear and doubt may try to control our lives, but we can be victorious. So without delay, here is our host, Jim Poitras. As you go through your Bible reading and you read about hundreds of Bible characters throughout God's Word, if you were to choose the one character that you would not want to be like, who would that be? Obviously, you don't want to be like Satan, the devil, the father of lies. But apart from that, what Bible character would you not want to be like? Perhaps you don't want to be like a man that is mentioned eight times in the New Testament, and four of those times He's only mentioned in lists. His name, Thomas Didymus, being interpreted Thomas the Twin. And my topic today, Thomas, my twin. When you think of some of the things that are said about Thomas, one scripture says, Thomas called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us go to and die with Jesus, John eleven sixteen. He said that on the news that Lazarus was dead, but on the verge of a great miracle, raising a dead man after four days of being in the grave. But Thomas, although he's penned as doubting Thomas throughout history, at least Thomas was loyal, even though he wasn't very optimistic. It doesn't require optimism in order to be loyal. Thomas was convinced that Jesus was to embark on a suicide mission, but he was willing to go anyway. So although Thomas was a doubter, he was loyal, and he did have courage. About 10 years ago, in fact, 10 years ago, this past week or so, I went through a personal experience where I had a neuroendocrine tumor on my pancreas. It came as a huge shock to me 10 years ago. And I remember going out for lunch with uh, three of our friends, my wife and three other friends. I believe it was Carl and Pat and Mary. Throughout the lunchtime at that little restaurant, I hardly spoke a word at all. I remember so well getting back into the car and I said to my wife when we were alone, I really shouldn't have done that. And she said, why? I said, because it just wasn't fair to our friends because I sat there and I didn't say hardly anything at all. And she said to me, 
when I said that I can't really talk about how I'm feeling, she said, well, if you don't tell me how you're feeling, I'll never really understand that. Never be able to understand how you're feeling. So I said, I feel fear. I feel scared. I feel a lack of faith. And she said, Jim, those are normal feelings for human beings. And I responded that day, but those shouldn't be the feelings of those who are men and women of faith because we pray for people and they're healed. We pray over situations and prayers are answered. I remember going on to the World Evangelism Center that day and speaking to some of my friends, I walked into the office of Mary Schrader, a precious lady that has gone on to be the Lord, to be with the Lord. And uh, she looked at me and she said, I understand that I should be praying for you. As we discussed the situation and I left the office that day, I passed by two precious people, Bev, our receptionist, and also another friend, Aaron. Both of these people had experienced so many health issues throughout life especially Bev, and she has also gone on to be with the Lord. But I was looking at miracles and worrying about my own situation. So here's a question. How do you really respond to your current realities and the circumstances that surround you? How do you respond to your current realities? and the circumstances that surround you. I'm not really downplaying what is staring at you in your face. I'm not really downplaying what could be slapping you in your face because I know that those situations are real. But when we look at those situations under a telescope of faith, or if you want to switch around the, the microscope of faith, how does the situation work then and look then? Whose report do we believe then? Because the scripture says, we don't walk by sight, we walk by faith. We call those things that are not as if they already are. Eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard, Neither has it entered into the heart of men the things that God has prepared for them that love him. But he has revealed them unto us by his spirit, because his spirit searches out the deep things of God. I once had a student in one of my classes in Ghana, and for about half of a semester, Every day when I'd go to the class and I would do the attendance, I would call him Thomas. To my surprise, about halfway through the semester, I recognized and realized that his name wasn't Thomas at all. His name was Theophilus. Theophilus, someone that is beloved of God. And I said to him in class one day, why did you allow me to call you Thomas for almost half of a semester. And he said, oh, sir, Reverend, I thought that you were calling me 
Thomas on purpose. Thomas, my twin. Thomas, the doubter. And I would never do that to any of my students at all. And I still remember him responding to me like that. For some reason, it also reminds me of another story with people who want to use their real names. I was baptizing someone in Nigeria and uh, the brother said to me, I've been baptized many different ways before and I know that this is the right baptism to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission or the washing away of my sins. So I really want you to use my right name when it comes to my baptism today. And I said, no problem. So what is your real name? What is your right name? And he said, my real name is Jumbo Jet. So I baptized Jumbo Jet that day in the precious and saving name of Jesus Christ. When we look at Thomas penned the doubter, Thomas, our twin, we also recognize the story where he said in John chapter 20, verse 25, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. But upon seeing Jesus in the flesh with his own eyes, Thomas proclaimed a revelation when he said, my Lord, and my God. So from great doubt, there came great revelation. From great doubt, there came great revelation. I like that. From great doubt, there came great revelation. He wasn't the only disciple that would have doubted Jesus's resurrection as well because we see that in Matthew chapter 28, verse 17, Luke chapter 24, verses 36 to 43. I wonder sometimes, am I the twin to Thomas in the way that I look at my current circumstances and realities? Am I the twin to Thomas when I look at my future and my life? I don't want to be a skeptic who refuses to believe without direct personal experience, but I do want to be someone that out of doubt that I receive great revelation, that I understand the Lord so much greater. And really, when you look at Thomas, not only was he a doubter, he was loyal. He was courageous, which means that he was not a coward. He was chosen by Jesus, so remember that. He was a man of passion. And yes, he did come across as Eeyore of the Twelve, always anticipating and expecting the worst to happen. But in the end, this man doubting Thomas, our twin, traveled far outside the Roman Empire to preach the gospel, and he was eventually martyred by spears while praying on a hill off the east coast of India. 
Thomas the doubter, my twin. I don't want to be a doubter, but I do want to be someone that is committed. I want to be a follower of Jesus Christ. I want to be courageous. I want to be loyal. I want to be passionate. I want to be a man of passion. And I also want to be chosen because this is Jim Poitras with the Poitras Ponderings podcast, where we pause, we ponder, and we project. Have a great day. God bless you. We have all doubted from time to time. It's part of being human. Fortunately, we do not have to live there. See you again next week. Be blessed. Thank you.